You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the This Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation and sponsored by Anchor. This is your host, Matt Luffy, and today I have Brian Boyle from PHL Eagles Nation. Um, helps all of us at the PHL Eagles Nation now with articles and um, kind of building up the roster with these PHL Sports Nation guest speakers. Had a few on previously. Really excited to have Brian on for the show. Brian, how are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So... Obviously, there's a lot going on right now. Um, the coronavirus is hitting the world like crazy, <laughs> but um, a lot of the sports are on pause. Uh, pretty much every league except for football, obviously, free agency is kind of going on full storm right now. We're we're lucky that we can get a little bit of football news out because if, if there was nothing, uh, everybody would be so bored out of their minds. Everything's closing, so... I'm glad that we have free agency right now. Today has been a busy day. We're recording this Monday afternoon. Um, it's been five or six hours into the legal tampering period so far. We have DeAndre Hopkins on the move. Big V was just signed by the Lions. Um, a lot of big names are on the move, but a lot of other big names haven't been even touched yet or talked about yet. So, Brian, what do you think about the day so far, and what do you think the Eagles um, are doing? They're being quiet already. Yeah, well, I've been reading up on Twitter a lot of the day. A lot of stuff's been breaking down. Uh, it's been really interesting. The Eagles have been quiet so far, and a lot of people have been getting upset about that. Uh, it's not really in Howie Roseman's tendency to act early. He's usually someone who waits a little longer throughout the day. So and any of these big moves happening, especially with DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to the Cardinals, I know a lot of people were interested in him, especially with the big need at receiver for the Eagles. So... Just staying patient and hoping something happens, especially at the secondary and uh, at the receiver position. I'm sure something will happen. Something will develop either by the end of the day or the next couple of days. We have all week for free agents to be, you know, moving around. So it's only the beginning. Nothing happened yet, but I'm sure we will be having some big news soon. Yeah, definitely. And other than the players that have been released or these trades that are happening, nothing is really official until Wednesday at 4 o'clock. So, um, yep. The Eagles still have a good amount of time and free agency goes up until week one of the season. You know, there's going to be players available. There's going to be trades that happen all throughout the summer. So there's not really a rush, but there was a report this morning that said Howie Rosen was going to make a splash and stir things up. So uh, there's a little bit of hope around the league that and especially Eagles fans that Howie Roseman is going to make yeah. some big moves. Haven't really heard anything yet, but starting off with the Eagles pending free agents. Um, I talked about a free agent stay and go, and I picked five players. So, Brian, who do you think the Eagles should retain? Because right now, all of them are going to test the market, and Big V is the only one that has signed with another team so far. Yeah, and that's a huge thing to notice. I mean, Big V signing with another team, it, I mean, we kind of could expect that he was going to leave. He was getting big offers as he got five-year 50 mil from the Lions. Uh, that leaves us with a huge lack of depth at the offensive line position after after Lane Johnson, there's no one really at right tackle behind him. We have Andre Dillard at left tackle now. 
Uh, Jason Peters is out the door, as we learned a couple weeks back. Uh, so filling that gap is going to be huge. Uh, through the pending free agents that the Eagles have, I feel the given answer that everyone knows needs to come back would easily be Rodney McLeod. Uh, he played 99.8% of the snaps last year. So losing that you know, contribution to the defense, especially when it's already a struggling unit, would just be absolutely detrimental. Uh, you have to absolutely pay him. He will be coming on, I want to say 30, 30 years old. So he is getting on the older side. Uh, but I still feel we can get some, you know, a couple more years, three more years out of him, a productive player nonetheless. So that is the absolute number one priority for me from the Eagles pending free agents. And I don't think anyone else would disagree with that one. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And like I said, I picked five players from the pretty big list of eagles mm-hmm. that we're gonna leave 15, some I think. yeah yeah I some 15. you definitely went back and some were easy you know nelson Aguilar, ronald yes. darby players like that you're just like all right it's, it's yeah, an get easy. them get them out <laughs> yeah okay. easy name to cross off but um my list was hassan ridgeway sorry with him and he did re-sign with the eagles i forgot to mention that at the beginning yes, he, he signed did. a one-year deal adding some depth to the defensive tackle position then after that um, i'm gonna run through the rest of the four vinnie curry I would imagine that this happens. Adam Kaplan reported today that he has a good amount of suitors right now, including the Eagles. They are interested in bringing him back, but it's going to come down to what he wants, um, where he wants to play, who's going to give him a good amount of money, and where he feels comfortable in whatever scheme, whatever coaches. Um, So I would imagine that the Eagles are top on his list, but you never know. Someone could swoop in with more money, more guaranteed money, and take him away from Philly. Um, Jordan Howard, there's some buzz that the Bills are interested. I saw that this morning, but didn't really see much after that. I would love to have Jordan Howard back if it's a team-friendly deal. Run him uh, and and Miles Sanders together until Miles Sanders is ready to get paid. Let Jordan Howard walk, and then you're ready to run with Miles Sanders for the next few years. Rodney McLeod, I definitely agree with you. I think he will test the market just because the safety class this year is terrible in free agency he's definitely right there at the top especially with um the vikings franchise is tagging uh, anthony harris so that rodney mcleod is up there and he will definitely be paid pretty well if he leaves the eagles so i think he definitely wants to test that but hopefully he wants to stay in philly um and jalen mills is my last player i'm confident that he won't really land a big deal anywhere he's had an injury history hasn't really played super well um, but if he comes back to the Eagles, he's definitely going to be the cornerback too. He's going to start alongside someone else. We all know who it's going to be, but somebody's going to be better than him on the other side of the field. So that's going to help him um, as a player. But I think bringing him back on a one-year deal around five or six million, have him prove himself, and then if he wants to walk next year, if he wants to sign uh, with Philly for even more, you know, so be Absolutely. it. But give him a chance. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you completely. Jalen Mills has gotten a lot of slack uh, from Philly fans, especially. Uh, I actually I remember hearing a couple weeks back when you did the podcast with uh, Elliot Shore Parks, mm-hmm. uh, he was vouching for Jalen Mills just as much. And I'm just I'm right there with both of you guys. I think Jalen Mills fits the system perfectly. He's a very physical corner. Uh, something that he has that the other corners we've had previously uh, don't have is the ability to tackle and, you know, consistently tackle. Uh Ronald Darby, as we mentioned, he's an easy out the door. He's an absolutely atrocious tackler. He could not finish plays. And that's huge. And that, that's why we would, you know, lose those third and 15s or, you know, third and longs in general. And there were a lot of them. Uh, so Jalen Mills, to me, was an easy one. My answers were pretty similar to you. I, I really wanted to sign Ridgeway back. That was kind of between 
you know, Hassan Ridgeway and Timmy Jernigan, you could pick your poison. I feel like a lot of people favored Ridgeway. Uh, Jim Schwartz is on the record saying that he's very impressed at how quickly he adapted. The system they play up front is a very difficult one. Uh, and, you know, he was able to adapt quickly. Uh, sometimes people look and start off slow with that system. He was able to jump right in there. So I, I would prefer Ridgeway over Jernigan. Thankfully, the Eagles uh, took that as well. Uh, and this also means that uh, Jernigan's probably hitting free agency. I, I don't see him coming back with the Eagles due to that signing. So he's probably out the door. Uh, the Vinnie Curry signing, like you said, I, I'm hoping that he comes back. Right now, one of the biggest needs, and I know we'll get into it later more in depth, Vinnie Curry is you know, very helpful when it comes to pass rush. And one, things that, one thing that the Eagles have especially lacked is pass rushing. Uh, so bringing back him on a team-friendly deal, as you said, you know, because of his age, being older, I, I would be a huge fan of doing that. And then obviously splurging out into free agency and or the draft to improve pass rush. You can't just depend on Vinnie Curry. I think he had five sacks last year, which is a larger number compared to the other Eagles on the roster. And, yeah, and most came when he had to step in for Derek Barnett. So, I mean, that's Absolutely. so promising. And he played, I think uh, Vinnie Curry played around 40% of the snaps last season. Yep. So just, you know, being able to put that production in with that snap count, uh, it's, you know, I'll take that any day of the week, especially on a team-friendly deal. Uh, another one that I thought, it really depends on the price that he's going to get within the market. Uh, it's all relative, of course, but uh, Nate Sudfeld and Josh McCown, you know, looking for a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. I'm not one to say that Carson Wentz is an injury-prone quarterback, uh, so I'm not too worried about the backup quarterback position. But if Josh McCown, I know they talked about him. I know he doesn't want to retire. The Eagles tried bringing him on, you know, offering him, not officially offering, but talking to him about a coaching position on the staff possibly. He declined that, said, I want to play. So could he still come back? That is a possibility. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, I wouldn't mind either, but I do think that it's you know, a priority to have a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. Uh, and then another answer that I said uh, after all of those, Jalen Mills, Hassan Ridgeway, Curry, McLeod, and then, I, like I said, I went with Sudfeld. I, I would like to bring him back. I think he's already familiar with the system. Uh you can't expect starting play out of him, but you know what you're getting, and that's really all I ask for with a backup. I'm not worried, like I said, don't think Carson Wentz is going to go down with another injury. If you think about it, the past two have been freak accidents to me. Uh, you know, his ACL tear in 2017, you know, two players colliding on his knee at the same time. This one with Jadeveon Clowney, obviously him targeting his helmet. You can't help those. That could happen to any quarterback at any time. So I don't follow that narrative with that. Those are the five that I'd go with. Yeah, definitely. And two comments on those. Uh, first with Josh McCown. I know he's he's saying that he doesn't want to make a decision. He might not retire. I think he's crazy. I mean, he's over 40 years old. He just ended the, this past season with a playoff appearance. I mean, he stepped mm -hmm. in. He played really well. Yeah, and, and he was playing injured. And that, that torn hamstring is going to take, uh, I think, six months to recover. So he's going to make his final decision once he's healthy, he said. That's going to be well into the summer. I mean, I don't see him yeah, jumping onto a roster as the second or third quarterback. He just, I mean, he, he ended on a high note. I know the Eagles didn't win that playoff game, but um, he played his heart out. It was a great way to end his career. He's just getting too old. I mean, I respect him for wanting to come back, but I, I don't see him playing um, another snap in the NFL. And about Hassan Ridgeway, I mean, hats off to Howie Roseman for this because last year in the draft i think this was day three in the draft they 
traded with the Colts. I think it was a sixth round pick for Hassan Ridgeway. And everybody was just like, all right, who is this? Like, is he even going to make the team? Yep. And then he comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he, before he got hurt, he was really good. He stepped in when um, Malik Jackson and Tim Jernigan went down. So I'm glad that they can keep him around um, and shows that that trade paid off um, in all this uncertainty this past season with Harry Roseman. That really uh, was a really good bright spot. And going into our next part of the podcast, there's a big difference between free agent targets and draft targets. Um, free agents are going to be more immediate needs and draft is going to be playing for the future. Harry Roseman has showed this trend the past couple of seasons. So Brian, who do you think, or like, what type of players do you think they're going to target in free agency compared to the draft? What's the difference there? Yeah, well, the the major difference between Howie Roseman's uh, approach towards the draft and free agency is you can tell that he is a lot more aggressive in free agency as opposed to the draft. When it comes to the draft, yes, he moved up for Andre Dillard, but that was only two spots. And uh, he was on the record for saying that he was not expecting Andre Dillard, that type of talent, to be there at that spot. So obviously you're going to trade up two spots, go get your guy. Uh, but other than that, they've been pretty passive. They play it safe in the draft. In free agency, they do play a little more aggressively, and uh, I like that style of play. Uh, I like playing it passive in the draft. I like letting the board fall to you. Uh, it, it's very, it's not often that you know trading up works out too much. I mean, look at the Bears. Look, look what they traded to yeah. get Mitch Trubisky, and you know, let's, you know, that's not playing out too well for them. Yeah, but, uh, you have to be Eagles, certain. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to be certain of that trade up if you're getting. Given that much, you got to do your homework. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the thing is, when it comes to trading up, a lot of people have been opposed to like, you know, they don't want to trade up for a, a guy like CeeDee Lamb, but they don't want to trade up for Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. And the thing is, I can understand, you know, that can be a scary thought. But look at, you know, in the past when the Falcons in 2011 had to trade up for Julio Jones, mm -hmm. they gave up a lot. But the thing is, the payoff has helped them, you know, more than they could have ever expected. They've gotten to a Super Bowl with Julio Jones practically leading the way on offense. So the thing is, the reward there is huge, but I like playing it passively. In free agency, however, I do want Howie Roseman to play this more aggressively like he usually does. There's a lot of talent out there. Not only, and when I talk about free agency, I, I want to group trading in there as well. It's not just signing players, but acquiring players through other teams. Uh, like there's a lot of good options this year. A lot of big name, you know, receivers being available for trade, being out on the trade market. Uh, and, you know, you can attribute that to possibly all these young receivers coming through the draft. So there's a lot of options through free agency. I'd like to see Howie Roseman take a flyer on, you know, try to trade for Stephon Diggs. How much will he have to give up for that? I don't know. Uh, I do want to note, I, I wrote down from Twitter, if you follow my sports update, one of the more popular news breaking, you know, Twitter pages. As of 2.50 p.m., that was earlier today, not too long ago, about three hours ago. Stephon Diggs was receiving interest from multiple teams, but there was not a single movement from the Vikings. So as much as people want him, it doesn't seem like the Vikings are looking to move him too much. But then to contradict that, you go to Stephon Diggs' Twitter page, and he's saying that there will be something happening. This is not like yeah. the other times. So it's it's very contradictory. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd love to see how he Roseman acquire a player like Stephon Diggs. Absolute great all-around receiver. You know, spectacular out running. It's just be it be a no brainer to get him with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and just the way Roseman is, he's going to inquire about everybody out there, especially Diggs. So he's going to check on the what the cost is going to be for that type of trade, and uh, if it's going to fit in with the team financially, the way the offense runs. 
I think it's definitely going to be a consideration. Um, I would I would like it as long as it's not too much giving up. But yeah, I definitely agree with your mindset there. Um, it, free agency in the past, it's more targeted towards immediate needs. The, these are short term mm-hmm. deals um, or they're making trades for expiring contracts. And a couple of examples here, we got Eagles signing Chris Long, Mike Wallace and trading for Jordan Howard and Michael Bennett in the past couple of seasons. They're trying to bring in proven players on these short-term deals or get them while their contract is very team-friendly, um, use them, and then play the compensatory pick game. Let them walk, um, try to get a couple picks out of it, or you're just acquiring veterans for a role. Like Mike Wallace, he wasn't going to be the focal point of the offense back in 2018, but you know that he's a good speed receiver. Obviously, he didn't get to play um, much of the season at all, but it's that kind of mindset. You want to bring in a player that isn't going to demand a ton of money or a ton of playing time, but you know what you're going to get out of them. I think the mindset kind of changes a little bit this season uh, because the Eagles know that they may need to make a lot of moves to improve this team. But in the draft, it's significantly different. They're mostly planning for the future. When the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Andre Dillard, these weren't the top needs for the team. However, they had their guy fall to them. And I mean, Carson Wentz, they traded up twice to go get him. That was a situation where they had two quarterbacks already and they were just playing. They're looking two or three years in the future and saying, all right, we need to make this move. We love this guy. We got to go get him. Uh, Ortega Whiteside and Dillard, it was somewhat of a need, but it's just the way the board fell that they were like, okay, we need to take the best player available and prioritizing the team fundamentals they're prioritizing the offense and defensive lines before they take a player like a linebacker or a cornerback um so that's kind of the difference here in free agency i think the eagles will make a decently big move but i think the bigger splashes and the bigger playmakers are going to be acquired in the draft yeah and i like the way you phrase that you know compared to you know priority needs of now compared to the future uh, you know, when when we drafted Derek Barnett, you know, he wasn't even one of the biggest needs. If anything, defensive end was probably the last need at that time uh, going into the Super Bowl season mm-hmm. when the Eagles won. You know, the defensive line was the absolute stacked unit that we had. That was the head unit that would run our defense. And when we drafted Derek Barnett over other positions of need, everyone was, was kind of scratching their heads. And it works out for the most part. It follows Howie Roseman's plan of when they'll lose players and such. So, you know, sometimes you just got to trust them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're seeing a lot of buzz today around the league, not so much the Eagles, um, but there's definitely going to be moves that have to be made to improve this team. Brian, give me your top five needs this offense by position. Uh, Top five needs by position. Starting at number one, uh, I know a lot of people want to go secondary. I want to point out that Jim Schwartz's defense has never had tremendous secondary play. It's, It's more finding formidable forces. So I want to go for number one is receiver. And the reason I edge receiver over anything else is because you pay Carson Wentz that much money. If you're going to invest into a quarterback, which I which I did agree with, you need to surround him with talent. You absolutely have to have people around him helping him work. You can't have a quarterback that good just running an offense. Uh, Russell, we- or Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, uh, they, they went out and helped him. They got DK Metcalf. They already had Tyler Lockett. They can surround him with good players and they don't need to be stars. They don't need to be anything flashy. They just need to be solid contributors. And that's what I'm looking for. So when I, when I look at these big names that they can acquire at wide receiver, I, I don't even care if we don't get Amari Cooper, if we don't get 
you know, Stephon Diggs through trade, any of these big names, it's not a worry. When you look at the free agent class at receiver, there's a lot of speed, and that's what we need. You have players, you know, all across the board that can get the job done over the top. Uh, names that come to mind, Brashad Perriman, he'd be a cheap, team-friendly deal if you can get him. I know there will be other players interested. Uh, but, you know, getting players like that at receiver is the priority to me. You absolutely need to get people to help Carson Wentz run this offense. This offense is already set to succeed every single year now. We're just saying the offense is there. We need it to produce on field. And, you know, barring any injuries, that this is the year that it can finally all come together. We have Deshaun Jackson coming back. And I truly believe that he will be uh, 100%. I don't think that age will make him regress at all too much yet. I think he's still fine. So pairing him up with another speed receiver, maybe Robbie Anderson, that's another option. You know, you could Ted Ginn. You know, there's a lot of guys that just have speed. So this year is a really good year to get receivers. And thankfully, in my opinion, that's their number one need. Uh, and then number two for them, which is the other glaring need, it's it's got to be corner. Uh, right. There's a lot of corners on the market. Uh, I'm not opposed to spending big money on a corner. You know, the Patriots took that strategy and you know they have a lot of success. Stephon Gilmore is able to shadow a number one number one receiver all across the field. And that shouldn't be overlooked when you have a guy that can take, you know, a Devin or a Devin Deandre Hopkins, a Julio Jones out of the game completely. That's a huge asset to have a viable asset. Uh, and I like Byron Jones, you know, he's a, he's a freak athlete. Uh, when you watch film, he's a lot better than his numbers show. Uh, a lot of people like to point at his numbers, you know, being very underwhelming. I don't really care about the numbers when it comes to DBs. I don't want the ball being thrown to them. You know, I don't want them to have these high numbers. Marcus Peters in his rookie year, uh, had the ball thrown to him the most times, and he led the league in interceptions. And everyone thought he was amazing because he led the league in interceptions. But he was the most targeted for a reason. So uh, looking at numbers when it comes to defensive backs especially is just not smart. So watching the film, Byron Jones is easily going to be you know, my number one tar- target for corner play. Those would be my top two needs easily. Yeah, I agree. My my top two are also wide receiver and cornerback. Um, I agree with what you're saying. And these two positions, I think, need to be addressed um, with two players at each, one in free agency and one in the draft or, I mean, possibly a trade. We've talked about Stefan Diggs. And then you got a name like Darius Slay roaming around at the cornerback position. Um, There's such big needs that haven't been touched on for a while. And the, the group for the wide receivers is aging a little bit. Alshon Jeffrey won't be with the team, uh, but Deshaun Jackson is aging a little bit. Then after that, it's just younger players that have a role, but don't really have a starting role. Um, Cornerback, it's the same situation. They're all pretty much the same age, but none of them are established. Other than Avante Maddox and Cravon LeBlanc, I'm definitely confident putting them in the slot. But on the outside right now, if you take Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby away because they're going to be free agents, there's nothing. I'm I'm not ready to put Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas on the outside and go into week one that way. I think it needs to be addressed. Um, they still can have a role on the team, but there needs to be two players. Um, and Jalen Mills can be one of those. Byron Jones can be one of those. Um, going forward to, for the rest of my list, defensive end is my number three because I think that the Eagles have a mess of average role players beyond Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett, um, he's he's above average, but he's not 14th overall talent. Um, Deshaun Hall played really well in the preseason, but then went out, out with an ACL tear. Josh Sweat really stepped up, um, so I'm confident in him. But the other ones, you know, Sharif Miller, Joe Osman, uh, Jannard Avery, it's just 
nobody really stands out other than Brandon Graham. So I think the Eagles definitely need to target somebody that can make a good impact because the Eagles Absolutely. rely on their defensive line a lot. Um, the last two, I think, is going to be the same mindset for wide receiver and cornerback, bringing in two players, one from free agency and one from the draft. They don't have to be um, a, lot, a lot of money spent on them or high draft pick, but it's going to be safety and it's going to be linebacker. Safety because of the whole Malcolm Jenkins situation and Rodney McLeod expected to test the market a little bit. Uh, if one of them leaves, that's a glaring hole. But also you need somebody to develop and that third safety position that Andrew Sandejo was su- supposed to take over, but that didn't work out. Um, that role is can't be overlooked. And then linebacker, I mean, everybody sees it. They're so thin right now. The Eagles don't prioritize linebacker, but there needs to be a move made there. Um I would imagine a lower level veteran in free agency and then a draft pick, probably not very high. Um, A lot of people are going to be surprised, but in day two or day three, I think it definitely needs to be a linebacker addressed then. Absolutely. And my list on the back end is definitely pretty similar to yours, if not the exact same. Number three, I had pass rushers just in general. I didn't want to list it to defensive end, but I was getting at the same concept with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The pass rushing has just been atrocious. Like we've talked about before. Uh, and like you said, personnel-wise, we don't have any proven talent so, to where I'm comfortable. If, say, Brandon Graham exits a game, who can get, get that sack when we need it? Uh, I don't know if there is anyone on the roster right now. So pass rusher is really important. Uh, I think that's not being talked about enough. I, I really think you could even say pass rusher is more important than, uh, than corner because they mm-hmm. go hand-in-hand. Hand. If, if you can get after the quarterback – you don't need as you know as good of corner play. If you can cover that long, then you're not going to need you know great pass rushers all the time. So if you can get one or the other, I'm fine with that. Uh, number four for me was uh, depth at the O line. I, I see what you're saying about linebacker. I had linebacker at number five, but uh, depth at the O line is is just so important to me right now. Jason Peters, he's going to be a free agent. We just saw Halaputi Vitae. He signed a five-year, fifty million dollar contract, so he's gone. After our two starters of Andre Dillard and Lane Johnson, the only other tackle we have on the roster at the moment would be Jordan Malaysia, and I'm not comfortable with him being our backup tackle. So, uh, like you said, I'd like a late round, not even a flyer, just maybe you know fourth round, fifth round pick. I'm cool. Start start developing someone. It doesn't need to be an immediate impact player. Uh, Andre Dillard, Lane Johnson, they're great players. Um, I'm not too worried about them getting hurt, but it's always good to have a contingency plan. So. That's really important to me. And then linebacker, like you said, it's an absolute glaring need. You look at the roster, they have absolutely no one, especially with, you know, everyone we're losing. It's it's very important to look at that. You know, Camus, uh, Camus Grugier-Hill, everyone wants to say he was just a glorified special teams player. I, I disagreed. I thought he was very versatile. And like we said, yeah. linebackers in this system are just not as important. Uh, and that's fine. So I'm not looking for anything huge. That's why if, if it were a defense that relied on linebackers more, you could argue that linebackers could be the second or third need because uh, we are that thin. But there is no value there. They're one of the lowest paid positions, you know, next to running backs. So I'm not too worried about linebacker, but it would be nice to just have some formidable players, maybe some good tacklers and uh, kind of get that group short up. But through that, I, I think that people need to talk about pass rushers more, especially with like. Unique Ngakwe not wanting to be on the Jaguars. Go reach out, try to get him, you know, just kind of feel out the market and see who you can get because there, there are some good guys out there that you can get. Yeah, definitely. Before we move on to um, some player names, I talked to Jeff Mocher last week on this podcast and we talked about the linebacker group a little bit. 
And um, his mindset was you can't pay everyone. And I, I completely agree with that. If the Eagles are in on Byron Jones and going to pay him an absurd amount of money, but they also have Fletcher Cox making a good amount of money, Brandon Graham, possibly another defensive lineman coming in in free agency uh, safeties. you got to pay Malcolm Jenkins if you want him to stay around. You got to leave one position behind, and that's just it's just going to be linebacker. It's it's not like uh, the Eagles can pay their defense sixty percent of their salary cap and then be completely yeah. lopsided. So um, I understand their mindset behind that, but there definitely needs to be some type of talent brought in, um, whether it just be a, a role player. I mean, that's that's yeah. completely fine with me. Um, but moving on, we talked about a few names so far. First on the offensive side of the ball, these are a few moves that we think should happen in free agency. I'll start off with, uh, I think a wide receiver will be signed, but like we kind of hinted at before, I don't think it's going to be a top wide receiver. So far, this class isn't the greatest wide receiver-wise. There's obviously Amari Cooper um, at the top of the list, and then it dips down to Robbie Anderson. You know, Maybe Odell Beckham and Stephon Diggs will be available via trade, but personally, I think they need to sign a lower-level speed receiver Get that speed taken away in the offense or in the free agency in the offseason. And then once you hit the draft, if you like a guy like Justin Jefferson, LaVisca Chenault, uh, Denzel mm-hmm. Mims, someone that you're really interested in but maybe doesn't have that in-game speed, you can go get him because you already handled the speed. You don't have to reach up or trade up for Henry Ruggs or um, reach for K.J. Hamler at 21 you can kind of have the best of both worlds. So I'm going to say the Eagles should sign Brashad Perriman or Philip Dorsett. I talked about Dorsett uh, weeks ago, so you guys already know that I was interested in him. Neither of these guys are elite receivers by any means, but they have speed. And the Eagles, when they had Torrey Smith, he wasn't an elite receiver. He didn't dominate half of the games that he was in, but he brought that threat to the table. And defenses had to respect that. That's why... Zach Ertz had a great year. That's why Alshon Jeffrey had a great year because the the defense was so spread because they had to respect the deep threat. So having Perryman or Dorsett uh, paired with Deshaun Jackson is going to be a great move. And then in round one, round two of the draft, you can get the best receiver that's going to fit this team. Um, next, I would think the Eagles are going to have to sign a veteran offensive lineman. I looked at a lot of names this morning on the offensive line. It's It's very black and white. You either have your starters that are going to get paid a lot of money or older players or younger players that don't really uh, I'm not too interested in. So I'm not sure who the Eagles are going to target, but offensive linemen, especially tackle um, that can play left and right tackle should be a top priority. Lastly, um, backup quarterback. We talked about it a little bit. Um, You were interested in Nate Sudfeld. I think he might try to go somewhere to compete for a starting job. I don't, he's not going to win one right away, but I'm going to look out for, I I made this list this morning. So one name is already crossed off. That was Case Keenum. He just got signed with the Browns. Yeah. But uh, I I think it was like three year, 18 million. He got paid a decent amount of money. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, But my other name, it's been floating around a little bit. Marcus Mariota. The Eagles have, had interested in him when Chip Kelly was the coach, but <laughs> I think this is the best scenario for the Eagles. He fell out of favor because of Ryan Tannehill, and now the Eagles have, they're not going to pay him a ton of money if he comes, but they have some cash to spend. You have a player that can step in. If Carson Wentz does go down, you can rely on him to win a football game, and 
he provides more versatility and athleticism. You saw the Titans do some trick plays with him. So I'm interested in that. I don't want to bring in um, someone that's a lot younger than Wentz because you don't need to develop anyone. Wentz is going to be here for a while or someone older that can't win a game. So I think Mariota is the perfect fit, um, but having a good balance between those two dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. And and my, my plan for receiver is pretty similar. I I don't like going after high money guys right now, especially with the market dictating them so high. Uh, it's important to note a lot of people want to go for the mainstream guys at receiver, especially, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is listed as a trade candidate, Stefan Diggs, Brandon Cooks, uh, it's important to note Odell Beckham Jr. is the fourth highest paid receiver in the league right now. Brandon Cooks is the seventh highest paid. So are you willing to take on that contract? It's it's a hefty one. Stephon Diggs, uh, for the next three years, he'll be making a base salary of around $11 million. That's not too bad. Are you willing to take that on? Because uh, right now, Amari Cooper, he's looking, as of right now, to get around $20 mil per year. That That is the estimated contract. Will it be less? Will it be more? I, I can't tell you right now. Uh, but that is a lot of money for one receiver. You know? So going for a cheaper option would be my preference as well. I want Robbie Anderson, but I feel as if somebody out there will overpay for him. So you know, acquired a target, like you said, Brashad Perriman or Philip Dorsett, ironically, are the exact two I had written down as well. Uh, another one that I liked, which was a low-key candidate, uh, Demarcus Robinson I liked a lot as well, okay. uh, former receiver with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, I feel like we're going after the same dynamic here, just trying to find speed, inject that into the offense. We we had it with Nelson Aguilar. It's just, you know, you can't have speed without catching the ball. So, uh, you know, Prashad Perriman, 645 yards and six touchdowns last year in a, a small sample size, especially being the third receiver in that offense, if you would even consider him that. Uh, those would be my primary targets in free agency if you're not trading for someone. Uh, am I going to sit here and be mad if we trade for Odell Beckham Jr.? No, I'm not. I'm going to be absolutely it's, you know, ecstatic. Mm-hmm. But I prefer to go for the lower receivers in free agency. And then when it comes to the draft, that's where I'm all in. I, I'm for trading up. I want C.D. Lamb. I want Jerry okay. Judy. I want Henry Ruggs. I absolutely think we need one of those three. Like I said earlier, my number one priority in this offseason is is to surround Carson Wentz with young talent. We have Miles Sanders at running back. Boston Scott, I truly think he's not a fluke. I think he's a talented player, a talented skill player that will contribute to the offense for this year at least, maybe years to come, hopefully. So getting Carson Wentz a solid receiver as a rookie, being able to build that chemistry, which is very underrated when it comes to receiver and uh, quarterback. The chemistry is huge. You need that. So being able to build that over years and not having to worry about the contract situation. He'll be on the rookie deal. That's what I want. I know this receiver class is loaded, so I won't be mad if we do not trade up. But I do think that those, that core three receivers at the top is just that much better. So that is my ideal plan for receiver. That's what I'd absolutely want to go for. Like you noted before, the, the free agent class this year when it comes to offensive line isn't too pretty, especially with you know Thune and all of them getting re-signed or tagged. They're not going to be leaving. So even the ones that had potential to hit the market, they're not hitting it anymore. So you're going to have to look through the draft. You're going to have to look for younger prospects. You're not going to find anyone with an immediate impact, which does kind of worry me because, like we said before, if one of our starting two tackles does go down, it it could be a world of trouble for Carson Wentz. But uh, that definitely has to be a priority. Possibly through the draft might be your better option. Those are my two biggest, uh, you know, for me at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Those are the glaring needs on the offensive side. And going to wide receiver real quick, you mentioned C.D. Lamb and – um, this is 
very interesting now that DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Cardinals because Kyler Murray was vouching for them to draft C.D. Lamb. I think they're at number eight, number yeah, eight right now. Yeah, so um, he would. I would imagine he would be available at eight. Um, he is definitely a very good talent, but just because um, you got Joe Burrow and Chase Young and Jeff Okuda, so players like that taking up mm-hmm. the top five, um, he might fall later to eight or so. But now with the Cardinals not needing a wide receiver right now, it, especially a good receiver like CeeDee Lamb, then he it, the, it shifts a little bit. You know, it shifts down. Obviously, he's not going to make it to 21, but it makes it a little bit more bearable to trade up um, into the top 10, top 15 if you want to go get that guy. And the bright news is with Henry Ruggs testing well at the Combine, Jerry Judy is going to fall down. I think he's going to be the third receiver yeah, to sure. begin. Um, so if they like an all-around receiver like Judy and can provide multiple skills to the offense, then that's going to fall into their favor. But like I said earlier, you got guys rising like Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims. Oh, yeah. Even the second round, it's loaded. LaVisca Chenault might follow the second round with his injury. KJ so, yeah, exactly. So many I mean, options. Yeah, it's you can't go wrong. I mean, I yeah. say that with knock on, knocking on wood, but uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of options. But going to the last part of this podcast, the defensive side of the ball, um, I think everybody's so focused on Byron Jones, but I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to say the Eagles should trade for Darius Slay. This is kind of... Uh, developing news a week or two ago, probably two or three weeks ago, actually. Uh, um, Didn't really develop into anything, but my mindset is Byron Jones, although he's a great player, I would not be mad if the Eagles sign him. He's going to demand, I would imagine, around $20 People are saying, oh, "Oh, maybe 16, but it's going to be more. Right now, it's reported that the Raiders and the Eagles are in a race to go get Byron Jones, but the Raiders have a lot more cap. So if he just wants money, the the Raiders can outbid him uh, easily. So if you get Darius Slay, it's going to cost a couple draft picks. Um, I would imagine a second or third this year, then maybe a future fourth or fifth. Um, And then it's going to be a $13 million cap hit, but it's the last year of his contract. You can uh, go get him for $13 million, which is significantly less than what Byron Jones is going to get but he's still a really good playmaker. He's regressed a little bit, but he's still very good. Um, Like I said, I made this list this morning, so I went on a limb and said the Eagles should sign Eric Armstead. He ended up re-signing with the Niners. Um, Huge deal. But like I said, defensive end should be a big priority this offseason. So I'm going to change that to trade for Yannick Nagakwe. And I think... I like that. Yeah, both of those trades are not going to happen. <laughs> that would be <mean> <laughs> yeah, no, no draft picks, but um, <laughs> one of them would be great. So bringing in, I mean, that's going to take a first round pick for Yannick. I mean, he's a amazing pass rusher, but a lot of people I feel like wouldn't be too happy giving up a first round pick, even if it's an, uh, a future first round pick. However, he's he's proven at the position. Um, you can lock him up because he doesn't want to stay with Jacksonville. He's on the tag right now, but you can sign him long term. And um, it just the Eagles prioritize the line so much that it just makes a lot of sense if they go and target him. Um, finishing off the list with a two two other like veteran uh, players. I want to say sign linebacker Josh Bynes. He's he he didn't play a lot. I I don't think he played at all in 2019. Um, he was with the Cardinals, but he's more of a coverage linebacker. That's what the Eagles need. 
someone that can cover well and play special teams. You don't need someone that's going to be flashy because you can go try to get that in the draft, even if it's rounds three or four. Um, have your pick there because you're not going to pay a guy like Corey Littleton 10 to $12 million a year. That's just crazy for the way that the Eagles prioritize the linebacker position. And then I'm going to round it off by saying sign safety Carl Joseph. It was either last year okay. or two years ago that the Eagles were actually interested in him at the trade deadline. They wanted to trade for him uh, with the Raiders, but didn't really come into anything. So I think that previous interest and just him, he's an all-around good safety. Um, I think he would excel as a third safety if they bring in either uh, Jenkins or McLeod, bring one of them back at least, and then draft safety high. There's a ton of good safeties in the draft. So Carl Joseph, I think he's... I forget his age, but it wasn't terrible. I think he's uh, he has a lot left in the tank. No, he's so. a younger player. Yeah, Absolutely. so um, get him on a pretty good deal. Um, a couple. I mean, he wouldn't be a long-term solution, but um, a year or two, bring him in and uh, let him take over that Corey Graham role that was served in 2017. Obviously, 2018 um, mm-hmm. didn't really give the same <laughs> kind of success, but um, that ser- third safety role that he can play, 40% of snaps and make a good impact. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to piggyback off the thing that you were talking about with the corners. Uh, the Raiders and the Eagles are the the two names in pursuit of Byron Jones, and he will likely sign with one of those two. Like you said, it is important to note the Raiders do have that you know more flexibility than the Eagles right now. Uh, the expected contract for Byron Jones as of now is going to be around $18 million a year. So I do want to ask you, uh, in your opinion, should the Eagles – be willing to overpay for a guy like Byron Jones, would you be okay with that? Because um, I am. Yeah, I would say yes. I would stop at $20 million. Um, Okay. I think the, the whole news with the CBA coming out, there's news that team salary cap is going to increase by upwards of $20 million next season. So it yep. kind of gives a lot more flexibility. And if you sign him for that, and then next offseason, cornerbacks are going to get paid even more. It's going to look like a good deal. I don't want to bet on a huge spike. I know it might happen. It's probably going to happen. It's very highly probable that's going to happen, but I don't want to bet on that and be left in the dust if Byron Jones doesn't work out. He's a great player, and with the Cowboys, he doesn't have interceptions, but he uh, he played – I forget who said it on Twitter today, but they described it perfectly. I think it was Jimmy Kemsky. He said the Cowboys' corners play more like a wide receiver. They just – uh, they play the wide receiver. They don't play the ball. That's what he said. Yeah. Um, they have their back to the ball most of the time, and they're trying to make a play uh, in front of them, not intercepting the ball. They're not trying to play uh, with their head turned around, making a play, and that's fine. He doesn't need to make a bunch of interceptions, but I think mm-hmm. transferring over to the Eagles, if they were to sign him, his play style would change a little bit because the Eagles don't play that kind of um, – man coverage they play off ball a little bit obviously he can have um a little bit more freedom because he's a really good corner Um, but if he's playing a little bit more off ball then he has more time to look for the ball and go get that ball uh so i would be fine with paying him 18 to 20 million whatever it takes but anything above that is is too much to me and uh, that's where i'm going to draw the line and uh, i think the need is so big right now that if you have the opportunity you got to go get him yeah, and the last time the need was this massive for a corner, Nam Diasimo happened. So, like, yeah. we do have to – I mean, or Byron Maxwell, you could jump earlier. But 
it's just like we do have a bad history in paying corners that much money. So I can see why people would be hesitant. However, I do want to you know say that Byron Jones is completely different than those two players. This guy is a freak athlete, and he is a very good and very intelligent football player. So uh, there are worries, especially when you're paying a corner $20 million per year, especially a guy who hasn't uh, been necessarily proven. But uh, I- I'm not uh, – that move is kind of you know here or there for me. I- I'm good with that move, but there are a lot of other corners out there in the market where you can you know double dip and take two of them or take one and draft one to where they will you know come together and be better than if we were to sign Byron Jones. So – names like uh, names that I like preferably like Trey Waynes I like Eli Apple just names of of corners Mm -hmm. who are fast who can stay over top because that's one thing that we've had we've had like lacked in the past uh Rasul Douglas one of the main uh criticisms on him is his speed and he gets beat over top a lot uh there's clips where you'll watch a receiver just simply run by him he's running with them and just cannot keep up and that's not going to fly especially if you're going to be playing cover one or cover three you need to be able to hold down that deep third you need to be able to stick that receiver. And uh, Rasul Douglas, after this year, might not even be with the team either. So, you know, being able to sign two corners from free agency, uh, like I said, if you could get Eli Apple and Trey Waynes if they don't sign back with their respective teams, that'd be huge. Uh, you don't need big names for corners, especially with this defense. If you if you load up the front end, the back end is not as important anymore. And just get guys that can get their job done. When it comes to... Uh, you know, defensive end and such, when we're talking about pass rush, the free agent market is pretty stale. You got to find immediate impact players because you really don't have that much of a choice. Uh, when you look at it, the only player in the top 15 edge rushers, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, that's under 30 is Leonard Williams. And as we saw earlier today, he's going back to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was 26. Every single other one is over the age of 30. So there's names like Ndamukong Su, Michael Brockers, uh, Everson Griffin, who are like they are unsigned as of right now. But they are all over 30. So you got to believe that your team is ready to compete if you actually want to be able to sign one of those players. If not, you have to look towards the draft because you absolutely just don't have any choice. Can you find someone that you can develop possibly? Yeah, you could do that. But the best option right now is immediate impact players. And I do think that the Eagles could compete this year. Uh, I'm not even being optimistic. I'm pretty realistic when it comes to the outlook of the Eagles. Uh, and I'm pretty optimistic with how they can turn out. I'm really worried about the defense. So if you want to get some immediate impact players, maybe Gerald McCoy, if he's not going to go back to the Panthers, uh, I'm good with those names. Uh, bring them in, uh, try them out. Uh, and then linebacker, that like you said, that is an absolute need. I think it said a lot how much the Eagles care about linebacker when they let Nigel Bradham go. I think that said a lot. Uh, he is asking for a lot more money than he should be getting. He was due a lot more, so... Thankfully, we got him out of there, but there's just names. Like we said, it's not really a priority to me. So getting names, I don't care if they're late late 20s, early 30s, just getting someone who can get the job done for now, uh, especially at a position that I don't prioritize too much personally, uh, and obviously the Eagles don't as well. So a name that you could look for possibly that I liked in the past is a name like Will Compton. He is 31, uh, didn't play too much this year. I think he played around 25% of the snaps for the Raiders. Could be wrong on that. But uh, just a guy that hasn't been too productive uh, in snap count, bring him over uh, and see what we can do with packages like that. But uh, the Eagles, one of the biggest reasons why they don't use linebackers or don't prioritize linebackers as much is because they're usually running two or one linebackers on the field, uh, playing Malcolm Jenkins, playing Roddy McLeod. They're bigger guys that can play down in the box. Uh, it just lessens uh, the need for a linebacker. So 
I'm not really looking for anyone uh, too specific. Uh, the one name, my favorite linebacker that I would probably want if we could go reach out for one of free agency uh, would be Reggie Raglan. Uh, I've always liked him out of college. Uh, he's been with the Chiefs uh, this past year. So I, I would like to go get him. He's 27. He's young, so we could get him for a couple productive seasons. And uh, I think that would just fill the hole. You can kind of sign him and just throw a linebacker away for now, whether he's going to be solid that's all we really need. We don't really need him to play like a superstar. Uh, you just need formidable linebackers in this system. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we talked about a lot here, but with uh, yeah, we talked about the virus a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. And everybody, even just casual sports fans, everybody's looking at the NFL right now because it's really the only action that we're getting. Eagles fans are getting anxious. I'm getting anxious. We want to know <laughs> what's going on. Um, obviously it's a long off season and it's just the first day of it, but, um, hopefully again, this is recorded Monday afternoon, but, uh, hopefully tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll get a little bit more clarity on where the Eagles are going to go this off season and see if Harry Roseman is actually going to be making these big moves like people are expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just a quick thing, uh, Dennis Kelly, a former Eagles offensive lineman just resigned with the Titans just now, Adam Schefter tweeted that out. So that's another person off the market, so you yeah. guys do have to begin looking. But, yeah, with the coronavirus, uh, it's past three days, four days, no sports. Finally, the NFL is opening free agency. Everyone's fiending for some sports. So okay. it's, been a, it's been a fun day. It definitely has yeah. been. Yeah, looking forward to the rest of the week. Well, thank you, Brian, for joining. Uh, it was awesome Absolutely. to talk thank about. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, so talking about free agency and seeing what the Eagles should do. Um, there's a lot of ideas out there. Eagles fan base can get a little bit crazy at some points, but um, <laughs> we definitely agreed on a lot of stuff, which was uh, a little bit assuring that people's heads are, you know, a little level right now, even though and there's not a lot of news coming out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's going to continue to be that way. I'm excited to see what the Eagles do. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. A lot, a lot, a lot more news to come out. And I'm, I'm really excited to see where these big name receivers go, even if they don't go to the Eagles. I just love seeing these big names fly around. Who doesn't like free agency? Who doesn't like the yeah. draft? You love seeing these big names go different places. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, make sure you stay up to date because, you know, campuses are closed. Um, I'm home. Going to be recording podcasts as soon as news comes out. So we're going to be good to go this offseason, get into some draft stuff after free agency cools down a little bit. So thank you for listening. Um, always come back for more because it's going to keep coming. Um, thank you again, Brian. Everybody, hope you enjoy your week. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and go birds. And wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs>